0: It's a good day here on the Dolphins in Death podcast. Star of the show, Adam Beasley. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. Star of the show, let me tell you right off the top why it's a good day. I had two McRibs this afternoon <laughs> for lunch. So what about that? Two McRibs. I ate them. Good day.
1: All I got to say is I'm glad we keep this to less than a half an hour. Ah) yes, yes,
0: I get it because my uh my gastronomic uh you know abilities they might take over, and um one I might go back for more or two, I might have to get rid of what I already have the the, the
1: question I have for you is this: did you get extra pickles i didn't i don't know I didn't know that you could do that at McDonald's, like yeah. I think you can uh, you can ask for for extra pickles, and I'm not a big McRib guy, but from uh, the uh, the social media postings I've seen, that is the to go. That is a way to order a McRib to to taste in all in all of its glory.
0: I would go with the extra onions. Can you get extra onions? Because
1: oh, I, I like sure. onions more than pickles. I'm sure that's an option as well. Uh, I'm curious the <laughs> the McRib. At what point in uh, the calendar do you think uh, uh, that poor, I guess, is a pig product or, or cow product?
0: I don't care what kind of it's – it's an I ate it product. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what kind of meat that is, uh, and I ain't
1: asking. How's I'm, that? I'm just curious how long ago that, that, that animal gave its life. Do you think it's within this decade?
0: I'll be honest with you, bro. I'm not sure – That it is even an animal
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, or at any
0: time was an animal. But again, I don't want to really dig too deep into this. All I know is that every December they bring it out and it makes me happy for at least one day during that
1: month. What do you think? And this is the segue of the year the good people of Kansas City think of the McRib because they are known for their barbecue Uh, they have
0: yeah true story Adam so a couple of years ago the Dolphins played in Kansas City I'm sure you remember you were on the trip you covered the game
1: yes I flew back on Christmas morning I believe
0: so um my wife and I were there and we had barbecue the night before the game and it ruined me. It completely and utterly ruined me. I had not had barbecue since then in South Florida until, I think, two weeks ago. Because I refused. It was like, it was like different. It was like a runway model versus, you know,
1: like a bag lady. I, I, I can't do it. I I think that was 2017, Armando. Well, that's how long it was
0: was between barbecue experiences for me, because Kansas City's just got the best. The
1: best. Uh, I agree. I'm not a huge barbecue guy, but when in Rome you do as the uh, Kansas Cityans do, Uh, and yes, I would have it if I was there.
0: Better than Texas. Better than... Uh, Carolina. Better. There's a place in uh, in Alabama that is famous for its barbecue. Better than that place, Kansas City barbecue, the best. Wow. So, so the best. The best. Um. Also, the Kansas City Chiefs offense.
1: <laughs> the best. You know what's funny? I was just having flashbacks to that 2017 game, and this doesn't have to do with their offense. It has to do with the Miami Dolphins' offense. And the lasting image I had from that game was uh, Jarvis Landry essentially flipping the bird uh, to Adam Gase after yet another failed bubble screen on third and long. Uh, and it was the Dolphins' and the beginning of the end, Uh, for their playoff hopes that year uh, and the end of Jarvis Landry's time in Miami because the following week against the Bills is when he had a meltdown and got kicked out of the game. What do you think, Armando, the lasting memory of the 2020 matchup between the Dolphins and the Chiefs will be? A lot of um,
0: the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I can't speak now because I still have McGrib on my mind. Um, <laughs> a lot of Kansas City Chiefs going after Byron Jones. That's what I think the lasting memory will be. I think we're going to see a lot of that, a lot of that. Andy Reid is a very bright and uh, dynamic coach. We've seen for week after week after week, offenses go after Xavier Howard. And for week after week after week, Xavier Howard goes to the interception bank and makes a deposit. And I got to tell you, I'm not a genius, but I'm thinking don't do that anymore if you're an offensive coordinator or a quarterback. I get the feeling Andy Reid has figured this out and will go in the other direction, Byron Jones.
1: I think they're. Go- I think you're right. I think they are going to do everything in their power uh, to get uh, Tyreek Hill, who is uh, the number one receiver in the AFC in both yards and touchdowns, uh, alone with uh, Byron Jones. And I don't think the. I think the Dolphins are going to hesitate to put X on Tyreek. Uh, because the, the, the difference in speed between those two players would be jaw-dropping. It would be like three-tenths of a second when it comes to a 40-yard dash. Uh, Byron Jones is the swifter of the two, but as you mentioned, um, he is not the same player that Xavier Howard is. Um, here's my guess, Armando, I, 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 and, and, and we're getting right into the, the, the meat of the, the, the X's nose. I think you're going to see very few... Uh, blitzes out of the Dolphins, particularly from their secondary. I think you're going to see Bob McCain uh, brackets Tyreek Hill. I think you're going to see Eric Rowe on Travis Kelsey the entire game and probably get some help there. And they're going to have to get pressure with their front four because if they blitz Patrick Mahomes with those weapons and his incredible ability, uh, he is going to tear this team apart.
0: Um, that's true. And here's the other thing. If they don't blitz Patrick Mahomes and that uh, offensive line, he is going to tear this team apart. Because it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you don't go after him, he's going to sit there and he's going to find someone. Mm. And, And while you were speaking, it occurred to me, you know what, um... Suppose they do figure out a way to take away Tyree Kill. Sammy Watkins is a good player, dude. He's, he's, uh, he's a good player. Uh, and he has, I remember him killing the Dolphins (laughs) when he was with the Bills. So I remember this because that was about the only team he would kill. And then he'd get injured and eventually he got traded to Kansas City. Well, guess what? He's not getting injured anymore.
1: Uh, of late, and so it's yeah. like, what's the choice? It's Well, it's I, like... think, I think I think, what they're going to do is they're going to put X on Watkins and try just to take him out of the game and use the rest of their secondary to take care of Kelsey and Hill. And it sounds great in theory. In practice, it's going to be very difficult. And here's a reason why, Armando. Um, there was a name brought up. We, we talked to the – uh, coordinators and the defensive assistants this morning, uh, Tuesday morning, uh, about this game. And it was funny because I don't think there was a single question in the entire 45-minute availability about the Cincinnati Bengals, who the Dolphins just shut down completely defensively. Uh, that, was, uh, that was an afterthought because of what's to come. But a name that kept coming up and, uh, you know, my feeble brain, any needed the third or fourth time mentioned for me to grasp what they were saying, McCall Hardman is going to be trouble for them because he's just as fast or nearly as fast as Tyreek Hill. And you know what, Armando? He has a higher yards per catch average than Tyreek Hill. Hardman averages 15 yards a catch. He'll average 14.6. So, yes, you can do all these schematic things to try to take away their best player, and that's what the Patriot way is, right? You, you you scheme it up so this guy doesn't beat you. Unfortunately, with the Chiefs, they have about nine guys that can, and one of those guys is Hardman. So what are you going to do? You're going to ask um, uh, the superstar Nick Needham uh, to go one on one with a guy that runs a four three, that could be scary. And this is you know this is the reason that the Chiefs are what are they eleven to one now? They're they're gonna probably win the AFC again because I think the Steelers, as we saw uh, last night, uh, have some real flaws, and and they're they're probably the next dynasty in the NFL just because their their quarterback is incredible. And they have so many weapons that you can't just key on one guy.
0: It's, uh, it's, it's troubling. It's troubling. And so do the Miami Dolphins get into a slugfest with the Kansas City Chiefs? Are they capable of doing that?
1: Well, I mean, it would be really, truly helpful to have a running game this week. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you need to have some 12, 13 play, 7-minute drives against the Chiefs to have any chance. Because if you give them, I don't know, 10, 11 possessions, they're going to score 30, 35 points on you. And, and although we saw uh, Tua tonga take a step forward this past week, and he, he probably played his, his second-best game, maybe his best game as a pro, I don't have a ton of confidence in, 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 in Tua, in the biggest game of his life so far, uh, at least in the professional level, scoring four touchdowns and two field goals. And, and that's what they'll need if they get into one of those track meets with the Chiefs. Um, in
0: 2019, in January of 2019, the New England Patriots went to Kansas City and played the Kansas City Chiefs. For the AFC Championship, and my recollection is that the Patriots being run, you know, obviously by Bill Belichick, yes, but the, the part of that defensive staff and the defensive play caller was Brian Flores, and Josh Boyer was a, was a key part of that as well. They went to Kansas City, and they completely shut down the Kansas City Chiefs. Shut them out. For two quarters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember it going that way the whole game. I, I, I think Mahomes got it going, and, and, and they only lost the game because of a dumb offsides penalty, right?
0: Uh, they they scored 31 points in the second half.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we, got, we we got to get to a quick break, but the incredible thing about the Chiefs is they are never out of a game. Last year when they won the Super Bowl, I think in each of – Every single uh, – well, both of their playoff games before the Super Bowl, which was – even the Super Bowl, I think. Each of those three games, they were down double digits and maybe even two touchdowns. And they came back and won in each of those three games. And, and, and that's just it's, – it's mind-boggling. So, okay, we're, we've talked about how hard it's going to be, Armando. On the other side of the break, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to bring some good news to the listeners because we can't scare them off completely. Well, here's the good news, Armando. The Dolphins don't need to beat the Chiefs to make the playoffs. It would certainly help 538 if they beat the Chiefs are 70% to get in. But right now they have 538 has the, 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 the Dolphins at 40%. And with a loss, they only dropped to 32% to get in. So their season isn't dependent on this weekend. It really is. they got to beat the Patriots and they got to beat the, 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 the Raiders. If they win those two games, that will get them to the 10 wins and that will get them to the playoffs. At this point in the season right now, Dolphins have won, what, 8 out of ten, eight out of 9. I can't remember exactly what it is, but they've won a ton of games in a row. Do you have confidence that they can get two more wins in the next four weeks?
0: No. (laughs) I really don't. Um, (laughs) I think they can get one win in the next four weeks. I think that that they can win out of one of of those four games. Um, But uh, I I don't – and look, let me just backtrack. OK, the idea of it would be OK to lose to Kansas City because you're still going to get in the playoffs. I hate that conversation because it, I, I know it's not a conversation that is being had in the Dolphins team facility. I know it's not a conversation that any uh, competitor would have. And so for us to have that conversation clearly shows what geeks we are. Um, well, I think it also particularly shows, you I think because just, you brought it up.
1: I think it just shows that um, no one's expecting them to win on Sunday, and the only people that are that are expecting a Dolphins win on Sunday might be in you know that, that headquarters at NOAA Southeastern, and and if you and if you hook them up to a lie detector, my guess is even they'd be like, uh, I mean. Yes, there are some things that you can exploit uh, defensively on the Chiefs. You should be able to run the football on them. But, again, it's. I, I think their inability to find a Belcal running back and to draft and, and develop offensive linemen that can run block will be their Achilles heel this, this season. Because uh, without that, you're asking your rookie quarterback to do a ton for you.
0: Look, um, that's great. That's good. But – I mean, the Chiefs are human, I think. Uh, They can be beaten. So, whatever, man. They can be beaten.
1: Somebody uh, beat them this year. I know that for a fact. It was the uh, Las Vegas Raiders.
0: And the Dolphins are every bit the team that the Las Vegas Raiders are. Um, Well, we'll find out for sure in three weeks (laughs) after Christmas. But... Look, I I don't like the idea of it's not going to happen. I don't like the idea of writing them off. And I'm certain that on Wednesday morning, when Brian Flores greets his players for the week of preparation, some sort of it's us against the world. Nobody else believes that we can do it. Prove everybody wrong. That theme will be a thing at some point this week for the Miami Dolphins. Logically, look, I just said, I think they're going to lose three of the next four. Mm-hmm. So, you know, prove me wrong. Okay, so
1: here, here's how the, the the Raiders did it, and if you want to use that as a blueprint. Um, uh, they, they rushed for 144 yards, which the Dolphins have not done all season. They got very good quarterback play out of, of Carr. He went for 22 of 31 for 347 and three touchdowns. They picked off Mahomes, which never happens. Armando, and and this is is the part that worries me the most. The offensive skill weapons are incredible. Patrick Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over. He has, in the history of the National Football League, and if I remember correctly, they had this big party last year for 100 seasons, so they've been playing football for a long time. Um, In the history of the National Football League, no quarterback has a lower interception percentage than Patrick Mahomes. Only 1.3% of his passes have been picked off in his career. The Dolphins are going to need to turn him over. How does that happen?
0: Well, I mean, they do have the NFL's interception leader, do they not? They do. Okay, and Byron Jones has never had an interception in the last, what, three years? <laughs> so, so the law of averages is on his side, is it not?
1: How great would it be if Mahomes throws two picks to Byron Jones?
0: If Byron <laughs> Jones, uh, dude, the, I believe in the law of averages, it's on his side. Let's go with that. What do you think? Nick I Needham bo- has had
1: two interceptions the last two weeks. Let's go with that. <laughs> I believe in that if you flip a coin 10 straight times and 10 straight times it comes up at heads, you might think that 11 times is going to be tails, but there's still a 50/50 chance it's still going to be heads. So I do think that past performance is a uh, is an indicator of uh, of future success. And while Byron Jones uh, is very fast and he's done a I'd say a passively good job this year. Not a fantastic job, but a passively good job at running with guys and in coverage. Uh, he's got to learn ball skills. And I don't know if, you know, he's a 25, 26 years old at this point, if that's something you can learn at this stage of your career. But when the ball's in the air, sometimes he looks a little bit lost.
0: You just quoted Nick Saban, by the way.
1: Hey, great minds think alike.
0: Yes. Are you headed
1: to Alabama anytime soon? <laughs> I I'm will just not wondering. be... I will not be the Alabama coach. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Let me ask you. Uh, you ask me.
0: Let me ask you. Let me get you on the record. The next four games against good teams, they, they, they win how many of those? Two. So they're 500 against those teams.
1: Yes, and I think they get into the playoffs as the seventh seed. I think the Raiders are just about due for collapse. I think the Ravens, uh, w- w- I could look stupid by the time this is published because they're going to play Tuesday evening of the day we're taping this. Uh, I think that either they lose to the Cowboys or they lose some other games that they probably shouldn't, even though their schedule is easy. That is a team teetering, man. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> I know COVID was a big reason why, but even before COVID, that didn't look like the team from 2000. 2000- and 19. So I think they, they get in over the Raiders. I think they get in over the Ravens, and I think it's them uh, and the Colts um, and the Browns as the wild card teams in the AFC.
0: You know, it's interesting that you mentioned the Ravens, and they're not the same team that they were last year. I think they won 13 games last year. Uh, the reason is people catch up to you. Mm-hmm. People catch up to quarterbacks. People catch up to offenses, the whole Ravens offense was run the football, run it great. The amazing thing is no one has caught up to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and company yet, and it's been, you know, a second. Uh, It's like there's got to be something that those guys, they have to have a kryptonite. Somewhere there's a kryptonite for those guys.
1: Yeah, and, wh- and whoever finds it is going to be coach of the year <laughs> because you are totally unlocking the, the, the greatest mystery in the NFL right now. Um, that offense is spectacular. And I think, I mean, Mahomes, uh, it's crazy to say this in what is a year four, but it would surprise me at this point if he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, he is that good. He is that efficient. I mean, Tyreek Hill had 200 yards and a quarter. In a quarter against the Buccaneers of an excellent defense, and they destroyed the Buccaneers in the first half of that game. So, uh, I, I, you're right. I think at some point you're, you you're, you have all the brightest minds in the NFL all trying to figure out the same thing. And it was like you know when when the Warriors for year after year were just ripping teams apart, and then age and and injuries and and scheme. Caught up to them and, and and the Rappers won the championship. There will be somebody at some point that that figures that out. I just don't know for at that point right now. I, I I would I I would say they're the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl, not just the betting favorite. I would say that they are. That, I, I would take them against the field right now to win the the, the Super Bowl in 2020.
0: You mentioned that we haven't uh, talked about the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm not going to start that conversation now. But I do want to. Touch on this. So in the fourth quarter of that game, um, for the second time in that game, one of the Bengals' gunners, you know, just basically runs into Jakeem Grant before the ball arrives. Mm -hmm. It it was clearly a, a cheap, unsportsmanlike, unnecessary roughness kind of play, and it turned into a fracas. Is it fracas or fracas? I don't know. Fracas Uh, or
1: fracas? Oh, there's no, there's no, uh, I think it's fracas. Okay. I like them both. I'm equal for it's fracas and fracas. I think fracas would need an I in there somewhere, right? Or a Y. F-R-A-I-C-A-S.
0: I don't know. I didn't score 1600 on my SAT. <laughs> Nor did I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What did you score again, Star of the Show, Adam Beasley? What What did you score?
1: It 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 Yeah. It, it wasn't quite 1400. Okay.
0: What
1: was it? What was it? It was oh. It was It was It was good enough to get me the SI Newhouse School of Communications. What, what What
0: was it? You know
1: the score. You bragged about it many times to me. Tell me. I, I believe it starts with 13-something. I can't remember oh, exact, oh, the exact number. Nice. <laughs> yes.
0: Thank you very much. So that happens, and across the field uh, shoots Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, and that made you feel and think what?
1: Uh, Fantastic. I mean, <laughs> we know Flo. We've dealt with him now for the better part of two years. Uh, we know that he can run a little hot at times, and we know that he is fiercely, fiercely loyal. And the, the visuals of a normal size NFL player taking a cheap shot on a miniature size NFL player, and Jakeem Grant is that, um, it, it, it broke him, I think. He's something snapping his brain, particularly because it was the second time it happened in as many punts. And, look – I'm sure he's going to get fined. I am sure there will be hundreds of thousands of dollars of fines to come from that game. Uh, But my guess is Flores is going to consider that money well spent because he knows the currency and credibility he has earned now with that locker room. If he didn't have it before, he knows that they know he is willing to literally throw punches for them, and they love it.
0: Let me uh, add another layer to that. Uh, and that was brought up to me by someone who is in the agent business this morning. Forget the locker room. The entire NFL now has probably seen that. And so free agency from here going forward, players considering the Miami Dolphins have seen that. And they now have a a, a feel, an understanding, a, a – They feel something about Brian Flores, and my guess is their feeling is that's a guy I would play for. That move was beneficial to the Miami Dolphins free agency next year and going forward.
1: I I think you're absolutely right. I think that is one of many ways in which they have truly set themselves up uh, for the future. I, I think that they're going to have a whole bounty of draft picks again next year, particularly if they're able to trade the Texans' top ten pick to a team that needs a quarterback. Uh, they, have free agency, they have free agency money. They have, they, there's a lot of ways in which this team can make a leap. But I'll tell you the best way they can make a leap, Armando, is to beat the Chiefs, get into the playoffs, get to a Tonga Bailoa experience in the postseason. So next year, when they think they're ready to win, it's not going to be new for them.
0: Uh, I hope they think they're ready to win now, <laughs>
1: because if they're not,
0: if they don't think that, oh boy, not good. And I th- and I think they do think that. I, I I don't I don't think that in the facility people are going. We're ahead of schedule and let's figure it out for next year. They're going. Let's play these guys and try to win and and be guys this year.
1: Totally agree. I would also say with a rookie quarterback. Making a long playoff run, is that's a tough ask.
0: Improbable, yes. Yeah. Uh, I told you at the beginning of this that it was a good day, and let me give you reason number two as we get out. Um, So this morning I filled out my Pro Football Hall of Fame ballot for the top 15, the the Mm. finalists, the finalists. Um, Should I have voted for Zach Thomas?
1: (laughs) Considering that you – stated his case last year before the committee I would hope that's a yes I voted for Zach Thomas yes I did I
0: absolutely voted for him um I also voted for Peyton Manning I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer what do you think
1: yeah I I think that's a pretty safe bet who's getting in this year Armando
0: well I think Peyton Manning's gonna get in Uh, (laughs) um I also voted for Charles Woodson I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer what do you think Yes. Yeah, me too.
1: Uh, I
0: also voted for Calvin Johnson. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. What do you think? See,
1: that's a fascinating one. Uh, We talked about last week about lacking those signature moments for for Zach. Calvin's the same way. And, um, I mean, what what was the longevity of his career? Uh, He uh, he, he pulled a Jim Brown and said enough's enough after a while, right? Yeah,
0: but he, I mean, he's thirty. <laughs> so, I mean, dude, the guys. Look, the the way I work it is: you either know that they are or they're not, mm-hmm. and I have a strong. He played 135 games. Mm-hmm. That is more than enough to 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 tell you if he is or not. Uh, I, I just
1: uh, – come on. You yeah, just- here's, he, here, here's here's my criteria, not that you've asked, and not that I'm – I'm probably 30 years away from having a vote. Uh, but it, if that day does ever come, um, I will say this. For me to vote for you, you either need to have a career of greatness, seven- or eight-time Pro Bowl or five- or six-time first-time All-Pro, one of those deals, or you're the – Absolute best of what you at uh, what you do over a short span, two three years. That you are hands down the best cover corner in the NFL. Hands down, the uh, the best wide receiver. And the the uh, the case of Kurt Warner, hands down the best player in the NFL. And I think that's the reason he deserved to get in. Uh, and that's why I think Calvin will be because for a while uh, you 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 felt him as the best wide receiver in football.
0: He uh, he had a three year span where he averaged over 100 yards a game receiving.
1: That's incredible. That's
0: incredible. All right. He's got my vote. Not that I have one. And you're trying to take my vote away in 30 years? You really? (laughs) I mean,
1: okay. You're trying to take it from me? You you, want it? If you're going to still be voting at 85, I'll give it to you, all right? Uh, How how long was the great Edwin Pope's run?
0: uh, I believe he went until... Uh, like his early 80s. Mm. Um, well,
1: I'm not if, sure. If in 27 years the Miami Herald still exists and I'm still employed by them, I'm coming for that vote, Armando. You're coming for me? You're coming for me? Exactly. All right. All right.
0: All right. We appreciate you listening to this week's edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Uh, we're gonna get off, and Beasley is going to hit me from behind with a hammer to try to take my vote. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. That's right. We'll we'll let you know next week if that if that strategy worked or not. Thanks for listening.